around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. We are so grateful you have joined us, and we feel like God's got some wonderful things to say to you today, and that this is an appointed time, an appointed season in your life and ours to minister the Word of God to you. Always remember, you can find us at terrymize.com and then terrymizeministries.org. We're always there to pray for you, believe God with you. Our secretary tells us who's called in when we're out of town, who sends in prayer requests. We stand in agreement with you. And we believe that whatever we've got, (laughs) I know after 51 years of ministry, Terry's got some great, great stuff that'll help you from the Word of God. And we're just always sensitive to that presence of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us to just minister comfort and encouragement, insight into mysteries and secrets from the Word of God just for you. So, darling, here we go. Let's level the people. Well, here we are. Yeah, we're back at home in Tulsa. I think Tulsa's home is where we get our our mail and do some of our laundry. Yeah, right. But uh, we've been on a... What three and a half week trip? Another and both three and a half across, week trip across uh, uh, America towards the east, and then on up into Montreal, Canada. Yeah, and just had such great meetings with. Uh, Didn't you say it was like four thousand miles we drove? Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, it's almost five thousand. It was forty eight hundred or something. Wow, wow. And uh, we were with Pastor Pierre and Louise Sear. I know we've talked about them before and talked right. about them just on the podcast here in the last couple of weeks because right. we were with them right and of course we were with uh chris holland and vicky we, we were with uh pastor chuck Evelyn. right and, and then we were and sherry and daryl dolby and we were sherry and daryl dolby two times two we different were, times yeah. going and we coming were, we were with them going <laughs> on the way out leaving tulsa headed out through st louis and and then on the on the way back we stopped and ministered for them again right and I guess they're just a glutton for punishment. But uh, no, they're good friends, good partners. Have well, been I felt for like years we made a real deposit in that church as well. Absolutely, you know? it was just. And then marvelous. we were home here. Uh, got home on on Thursday, and and then you immediately left and went to flew to Houston uh, on Friday because mm-hmm. uh, our daughter Abigail yes. uh, <laughs> is just about to present us with grandbaby number sixteen. And so some lovely ladies and friends were uh-huh. giving her a baby shower. What fun. And so you flew down for the baby shower right. for the weekend. And uh, so uh, then you came back. And I was here uh, by myself on uh, on Father's on Day. Father's and Day. didn't have any place to preach, which is sad. I... I hate to I hate I to lose know. a Sunday. I hate to not be ministering the Word of God and helping people on a Sunday. I but know. but since I was here, since I was by myself, and since it was I didn't have any place to go or anything to do, and right. and uh, you were gone, yes. then uh, uh, my son Lynn and uh, his son Jackson, my grandson Jackson, and my grandson Colton, Paul's son, we just all took off and went to the lake, and so yes. we went to the lake on Father's Day and had a wonderful, wonderful time. And before that, at lunch, yes. uh, my daughter Christy uh, and I went out to eat, and uh, she tried to buy my tried to buy my dinner. Of course, I wouldn't let her, but she tried, and uh, we had a great time, great visit, great meal, and then came back and changed clothes and hooked the boat up, and the boys and I took off and went to the lake and just had a tremendous time, caught some fish, and 
and uh, just um, enjoyed the lake and the peace and the quiet. And That's good. I, I thoroughly, good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. And then, of course, you came back on uh, on Monday night, and I picked yeah. you up at the airport, and then we went to a great seafood restaurant here in Tulsa. <laughs> it, it's just old. It's, it's been in Tulsa yeah, since almost, 1932. Oh, my goodness. White River almost, Fish Company. Almost 100 years. Oh, yeah. It's way out by the airport in North Tulsa. Uh, let's see. It'd be north of Pine Street. I don't even know what the address is, but it's right. almost to the airport on yeah. Sheridan. And uh, you and I just had a great meal, just super good Wonderful. food. More than enough. <laughs> and uh, and then here we are. We're getting ready to go to. Uh, we've we've just done office work and uh, here hard and fast the last couple oh, of days. Oh goodness! And then we're headed back to Texas on Friday, and I'm ministering yes. for a great friend of many decades and partners of ours, Danny and Alice Moye. Uh, in Livingston, Texas. Right. So uh, if y'all are around Livingston, Texas, anywhere in the Livingston uh, area, which is about, what, 100 miles maybe north of, north of Houston? Is it, is it that maybe far? Maybe 80, maybe yeah, 80 something miles. like that. I don't and think it's not, quite 100. Not too yeah. far from Conroe and, right. and just all those little towns uh, around there. And so we're going to be ministering there this, this coming Sunday. And so we'll be in Texas then for a couple of weeks, preaching in different churches around. We'll be preaching in Corpus Christi, be preaching right. out in, in Katy, Texas, which is also a suburb of Houston, right. uh, awaiting that little grandbaby to show up. <laughs> and uh, so we'll be we'll be there, and we'll be ministering, and we'll be doing family stuff as well. And of course, you've been on this uh, ever since October. Was that eight months now? You've been yes. dealing with. Uh, your your mom and your brother and your sister back in October. We actually actually were in Canada in Montreal, same church uh, at the same yeah. church, doing yeah. great miracle meetings. Right. And your mother and and brother and sister all had a, a medical emergencies the same week. Your mother fell and way. broke her hip. She's ninety years old. She's ninety one now. Uh, she fell and broke her hip. And uh, then your sister Sherry had a massive stroke, and your brother Keith had a massive heart attack. Uh, plus, plus then he had to have an amputation of his leg. And so you've been dealing with social security and insurance and doctors and nurses and mm -hmm. Texas medical and Texas health and social <laughs> services yeah. since October. I tell you, I've prayed for you a lot because that's just, even when we were in New Zealand and, and, and Vanuatu and Samoa oh, and around the, around the world, Mexico and everywhere, all the places we've been, you're having to deal with those kind of things. And of course, the good report is they're all doing better. Doing Your sister better. sadly had another stroke after she was doing really yeah. well on her recovery. She had well, another we stroke, so she's again. she's yeah. recovering again on her second recovery. Yeah. But your mom's done real well. I mean, at 91 years old, she's just spry and chipper and right, right. upbeat and, and good. And and, uh, and then, of course, your brother's in a, in a nursing home, and we've had to uh, deal with some situations uh, to get him located. We've had him in a couple and finally found one that we, we feel like is uh, going to treat him right and do right. But anyway, it's been uh, we'll be doing some of that when we're when we're in Texas this next uh, yes, couple we of weeks. But uh, hey, we're excited about what God's doing, excited about the Word, excited about Jesus, excited about uh, missions, and just... Uh, oh, that's right. I tell you, Renee, the Word works. If the Word doesn't work, didn't work, right. I'd have done something else a long, long, right. long time ago right. because... Uh, I don't know how people do it without the Word. I don't know how people no. do it without the Holy Spirit. I don't know how people do it without God. I don't either. My goodness. And, of course, you know, yesterday was June 18th, and I haven't liked June 18th for 15 years because that was right. the day that my son Paul died in an uh, automobile crash and right. uh, went to heaven. And so for eight for 15 years now, <laughs> I have not liked June 18th. And uh, uh, anyway, it was... Uh, 
we just uh, went out to eat last night, took a whole bunch of the family and went out yes, to we eat did. and had a good time. You know, we, we know you, you know, people don't understand. I, I think the church today is really missing it. Um, especially us, us word of faith people. Right. I, I think we really miss it when we don't understand grief and we don't understand right. the loss right. of a loved one. In fact, I think I need to do a book about it. I really think I need to do a book about it because uh, death is a very real part of our life. In fact, if we don't, Sadly so. if Jesus doesn't come uh, uh, before we die, right. we're all going to die. I mean, if Jesus no, doesn't right. come, you know, that's we're right. all going to die. And uh, so, uh, and the Bible tells us it's appointed to man once to die. And so, you know, we're all, we're all going to die. But yet, uh, word of faith people, somehow, somehow, I don't know how this has happened, but somehow over the, over the years, they've almost turned to want to wanna, to wanna ignore death and ignore grief and act, stick your head in the sand, act like it didn't happen, act like it doesn't happen. And uh, people have even gotten real, real uh, cavalier, or let's say the word glib. Yeah, They've gotten real glib <laughs> about coming up to you and just patting you on the back like nothing happened and saying yeah. things like, oh, they're not lost. We know where they are. And I always want to say, well, duh. Of course, I know they're not lost. They're not like a lost puppy or a wayward oh, sock you lost in the God. dryer. We, have that we, we, we know where they are. They're in right. heaven. But don't you ever kid yourself. It is a loss. It is a horrible sure is. loss. Horrible and the pain loss. is gut-wrenching. And, uh, and to try to ignore that and deny that and act like it didn't happen is, uh, to me, is, uh, well, I don't want to be real insulting here, but to me, it's moronic. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's uncaring. To me, it's 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 unscriptural. Well, I mean, what about what about the Bible that says, yeah. "Weep with those that weep"? Well, no, uh, that's right. When are we going to do that? When are we going to weep with those that weep? There are people listening to me right now, Renee, that are hurting, that exactly. have lost uh, a loved one. Right. Uh, maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a, a coworker. But but uh, but but a loved one. There's just nothing like, uh, and there's nothing like losing a child. And people don't oh, know what right. to say. They don't know what to do. They, they try to be glib. I think the best thing to do is not say anything except go up to them and say, hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm here if you need to talk. But to try to, people try to compare uh, crises. Uh, right. you, know, you know, when Dean died, your husband, when Jackie died, my wife, when Paul David died, my son, you know, people would come up and say, oh, I know how you feel. I, 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 I lost my grandma. Well, you know, it's not the same. No. I lost my aunt. I know, but it's not the same. I know it hurts. I know it's real, but it's not like losing a spouse or losing a child. There's nothing like losing a child. Nothing no. like burying a child. It's just no, not right. No. God never, God never ever intended for us to go through that kind of trauma. I'm totally convinced it's so out of the will of God. It's so wrong no, right. that He never intended for us to go through that, that kind of trauma. Because if he, if He had wanted us to do it, He had to put it in the Garden of Eden. No, right. But it was not in the Garden of Eden, and so we were totally unequipped and unprepared yeah, for we that kind of for that kind of trauma. We we weren't created for death. We were created for life. That. And uh, and so for people to come up and say, I've had people even come to me and say, Well, you know, I, I lost my dog. And I just want to slap them. I mean, I just want to slap them. Now, I've buried a many family pets and dogs and cried over them and loved them, but it's yeah. not like no, you no. can't compare that to losing a child or losing a a, a, a spouse, you know. And they come up and exactly. say, well, I, I, I lost a cousin or I buried it. And, and I know those are all real, and I know those all hurt. But to come up and try to compare uh, those losses and those hurts 
with a hurt that you hopefully know nothing about uh, in burying a child. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's just nuts. I've even had people say to me, well, we've never lost a child, but I know just exactly how it feels. No, you don't. No, right. There's just nothing like There's it. That, nothing that's your like baby. It. That, that, that's your child. And people are listening to me today. I know that, that, that are hurting and I want to tell them that, that, uh, you'll get over it. You won't get through it, but you'll get over it. No, excuse me. Let me say that. I said that totally backwards. You'll get through it, but you'll never get over it. Exactly. You know, and, and not only will I never get over Barry and Paul, not only will you not get over Barry and Dean or I'll get, not get over Barry and Jackie, although we will get through it. Exactly. But not only will that's we true. not get over it, we don't even want to. You no, don't want to be true. so cold and so hard and so callous and so heartless. You say, eh, buried my kid, so what? Yeah, no. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Buried my husband, so what? Praise the Lord. Buried my wife, so what? Praise. Now, we know all the spiritual things. We know all those wonderful Bible truths. We know that, that they're not dead. We know that they're alive forevermore. We know they're, they're not out of the cemetery. We know that, that God's the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. We know they're in our future. We know we'll see them some glad day. We know they're in a better place. We know all that. Those are all great, marvelous spiritual truths. It's kind of like whenever Paul David died, Brother Copeland, Kenneth Copeland, who's my friend and I love him dearly, uh, Kenneth was so good to call Jackie and I, just just numbers of times out of the clear blue, he'd just call. Uh, Fred Price was the same way. He'd just he'd just call. He was so good about doing that. Uh, Ken Hagen Jr., uh, Pastor Hagen here in Tulsa, uh, was so good just to call over and over. And and in fact, I felt so guilty, Renee, because I had these great ministers, sure. these powerful ministers calling me and loving on right. me and talking to me, and. Uh, uh, and, and then, then, then hundreds of Christians had called, and thousands that sent cards and letters and really? offerings. And, oh my goodness, all kinds of things. But I literally said this to Fred Price one day on the phone. I said, Fred, I, I feel guilty uh, because you call me. You know, Ken Hagen calls me. Uh, Kenneth Copeland calls me. Uh, so many Christians call me. So many preachers call me. So many great men and women of God call me. And I said, I said, and it's still hard. Even with all that I know, even with all that you guys say to me, even with all the scripture I know, I said, it makes me think about those people that have nobody and have nothing and have no reassurance and have no scripture and have nobody loving on them and helping them and praying for them. No local church. Fred Price said to me, he said, Terry, you have have thousands and thousands upon thousands of people praying for you all around the world, around the globe. And that's true. And I said, Fred, I know it. I know not just here in America, I have people on six continents praying for me. And it still hurts, and it's still hard. And I said, so if it's still hard for me who knows the truth and who has all these people praying for them and has all these preachers calling them, I said, I don't know how how people without that make it. And Fred said something very, very poignant. He said, they don't, Terry. He said, "They, they, they eat a bullet, they put a gun in their mouth. They, they, they swallow bottle pills. They uh, uh, go to the bottle. They live in the bottle. They live in drugs, alcohol to, to numb the pain. And, and, and you know, that just, that just hurt me even more. And then I just thought, dear God, there's people out there hurting. And, oh, and they don't right. know the truth. And we Christians ought to be the ones that, that surround them, you know, with the truth. But anyway, I started saying, Kenneth called one day, Brother Coleman. And, and he, you know how Kenneth is. He's just, he's just 
you know, he's just always going to be talking the word and always just, just declaring the word to you. And he's not going to just, you know, set you up in his lap and coddle you and, you know, asking you, right. how you feeling today? I mean, he's going to pop you pretty good with the word. And so one day the phone rang and I picked the phone up, you know, and, and you could tell he was on speakerphone. You could tell the way it sounded, he's on speakerphone. And you could tell he must have been a pacing, must have been walking around his desk or something. He wasn't very close to the phone. Right. And I said, hello. And he said, Terry, get Jackie on the phone. <laughs> and so I yelled through the house. I said, Jackie, it's Kenneth. You know, and so she went and picked up the phone. And boy, he started preaching to us. I mean, he started in. He said, I want you to know Paul David's in heaven. He's busy. He's working hard. He's doing the things you taught him. And he's doing the things they're teaching him in heaven to get ready for us when we get there. And said, that boy's just a, is alive. Is he more alive than he ever was? Yeah. God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And I mean, he's just preaching. Just yelling at me and Jackie, just yelling at us, <laughs> which we needed. No, right. He called Jackie one night, and she was, she was at home by herself, and I was off preaching. He called her, and she answered the phone. He said, Jackie, it's Kenneth. She said, yes, sir. What, how are you? How, what can I do for you? Something. And he said, I just called to see if you need a spanking or a hug. Just, what, what do you need? <laughs> and she said, well, how about both? You know. And uh, But anyway, uh, so he's just preaching and preaching there on the phone. Right. And finally, I, I butted in. Finally, I said, Kenneth, Kenneth, Ken. Ken, Ken. And he said, what? <laughs> and I said, I know all that stuff's true. I said, we, we don't have any problem with that, with right. the spiritual stuff. Right. Jackie and I don't have a problem with the spiritual stuff. We know that's right. We know, I said, we don't go out the cemetery and talk to Paul. We know he's not there. Right. Uh, we know he's not dead. We know he's in heaven. We know he's alive. We know he's happy. Uh, we know he wouldn't come back if he, if he could. We know we'll see him some glad day. We, right. we, we know that. We know God's the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. I said, we got all that spiritual stuff. I said, it's not the spiritual stuff I'm having a problem with. I said, what I'm having a problem with is, is the memories. I said, all we have is memories. It's true. Our, our memories. And I said, and right now, Ken, though, every one of those memories have a barb on them. Every one of them have a That's barb, right. and they hurt. Every time I think about something, it pricks my heart, and it, it hurts, and I cry. And I said, now, I know that's not going to last. I know the memories will get better, and the barbs will go away. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, as, as the days go on, that, 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 you know, I won't always cry. <laughs> but, but, you know, just, just realizing that everybody doesn't have that kind of help and that kind of support. No, they don't. Like and the, uh, you know, I think Renee was, uh, you, you and Dean, of course, are my dear friends, and we talked to you. Uh, all the time about Paul and, and about the things I'm, I, I know I told you this, but um, I think it was 18 months before I didn't cry every single day. Right. And here I'm a word guy. Man, I know what the word says. I know what the word says. I, I, I'm a minister of the gospel. I've helped people all over the world. But every day, a memory would leak out of my eye right. and roll down my cheek. Right. And, uh, I didn't know how to stop that. I, I prayed in tongues. I, I played worship music. All the things I had told people to do over the years, yeah. all my great counsel over the years, yeah. I took for myself. And, and, and I still would cry every day. Sometimes I'd get through a whole day and think, man, that's great. I don't think I cried today. And then sometime before I went to bed, some, some memory would happen, some, some smell, some, some memory would get me. And uh, I think it was 18 months before I, I, I passed through a day that I that I actually didn't cry. I said, "Oh my God, I got through a I got through a day without crying." And then after three or four days, I cried again. But you know, it can be it can be that that it can be a a, a memory. It can be a smell. It can be a cup of coffee. It can be a it can be an, an intersection. It can be a location. It can be a song. Uh, 
it can be uh, Jackie one day opened, opened the closet and Paul David's leather coat was there and, and she grabbed that coat and smelled it. She said, I can smell him, you know, and she just burst out crying. I remember one day we were in the, we were in the bathroom getting ready to go somewhere, Renee, and, and uh, she was at her sink getting ready and I was at my sink getting ready. And all of a sudden, I just started crying, just started blubbering and crying. And, you know, I've never been a crier. You've known me for 45 oh, years. I, I, I never cried. I mean, I was hard as nails. And I tell you, that's changed since Paul David died. I cried all the, I cry all the time these last 15 years. But we were standing there getting ready, and all of a sudden, I just started crying. I don't remember what happened, but I just started crying. And it got worse. I couldn't get a hold of it. And so I just turned around and leaned against the wall and literally just slid down the wall into the floor. And I sitting there in the floor with my back on the to the wall, just blubbering, just crying. And Jackie said to me, she said, darling, you better get it together. I said, I know, I know. She said, you better pull yourself together. I said, I know, I know. And she said, you know, you're going to have to really get on top of this thing. And I said, Jackie, it's just so, it's just so permanent. Right. And she said, no, it's not permanent. We're going to be with him. We're going to see him. We're going to live with him for." I said, Jackie, 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 no, no, no. I got all that. I know that. It's going to be wonderful in heaven. But I said, we're not in heaven. And right now, it's permanent on earth. I'll never have another cup of coffee with him on earth. I'll never fish with him again. I'll never hunt with him again. He'll never walk through that door over there and say, hi, Dad, let's grab a cup of coffee. I mean, it's permanent. Right. And see, those were the things that hurt. And I know there's people listening to me today know just exactly how I feel. We got to heaven stuff. Thank God heaven's a real place. Thank right. God we'll see him again. Thank you. People come up to me and then say, well, you know, Brother Terry, he's in a better place. And I say, I don't want him in a better place. No, that's right. I don't want him in a better place. I want him right here. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, uh, we'll see him again. I, say, I know we'll see him again, but that doesn't help me today. They say, well, you, and then the little phrase everybody likes to use is, well, they're in your future. I don't want to hear that. I know he's in my future. I know the Bible is good or better than you do, but that doesn't help on earth. That doesn't, I live on earth. You know, I'm, I'm here. And uh, it's just people don't, I think the best thing to do, Renee, sometimes is just not say anything to people. No, I agree. Just go up and hug them and, uh, and just say, I love you. I'm praying for you. If you need me, call me. You know, yeah, but I, but there's just nothing to say. There's nothing people can say to make it any better that I know of, because I've had it all said to me. No, that's right. And now, of course, since then I buried Jackie. You know, and you buried Dean. Right. And uh, I'm here when Dean. You know, when Dean died, I was way up in Canada fishing at a at a fly-in camp, and I couldn't leave. I mean, I had to. Uh, an airplane would have had to come fly into the lake to get me. I mean, they they dropped me off at the lake and flew away and left me for a week. And uh, and and I got a message by ham radio, you know that uh, that Dean had died. Right. And Dean's my best friend. I mean, my hunting buddy, my fishing buddy. Uh, you know, we we made so many trips together, so many hunting trips and fishing trips. Took our four boys, my my two and your two, and Dean and I trained those boys to live life on those trips. You know, and and I just I hurt so bad that I couldn't get away and come come see him. But you know, just just because the spiritual things are true, doesn't mean it's still going to be great on earth. I, you know, then I'll never fish again, you know, on earth. We'll never hunt again on earth. Mm. We'll never, we'll never laugh and joke. And you know, nobody laughed and joked and any more than Dean and I. And uh, <laughs> our true. boys used to just be amazed on our fishing trips, hunting trips. Dean and I just be making puns and telling jokes and corny jokes, corny jokes and <laughs> laughing and talking. Our boys just said, we never see you guys act this way unless you're with each other. And of course right. we didn't. I Dean didn't act that with anybody else, nor did, nor did I. Right. But, uh, 
But you know, we, we, we value those days on earth. Uh, we value the time we had with people. And I appreciate the great spiritual truths, and every one of those spiritual truths are absolutely true. All those things people said are absolutely The only thing they said that's not true is that it's not a loss. Mm-hmm. Even one dear preacher stood up at Jackie's funeral, and I know he meant well. I know he was trying to be sweet, and he got up and said a little goofy thing about, well, you know, Jackie's not lost. We know where she is. She's in heaven. And he didn't know I wanted to just get up there and just yank him off the platform and just, just bust his nose, you know. But, but uh, you know, it is a loss. No, it is. And Dean I, leaving your life was a loss. Still is a loss. Well, and your you kids, and your kids, it's that. still a loss with them. Yeah. You know, Father's Day was last week, and your kids didn't have a father. You know, my my grandkids, my three grandkids, didn't have a didn't have a daddy. You know, because Paul's been gone fifteen years, and they right. were little when he died. But yet, there wasn't a daddy for them to sit in his lap or to say Happy Father's Day to, or to you know to to uh, you know be loved on and wrap his arms around them and all those things. It, it, it is a loss. And anybody that says to you it's not a loss, when anybody comes up to me and says it's not a loss, they better duck because I may just deck them. Because <laughs> it, it is a great, great loss. Are they lost where we don't know where they are? Of course not. We know where they are. They're in heaven. But as far as a loss in your life, it is a loss. It's a, it's a loss. They left a vacuum. They left a hole. And uh, when they first left, it was a gut-wrenching pain. And once in a while, it still is. Just a gut-wrenching pain. That's you know, right. you and I were sitting in bed in Canada the other day in Montreal. Uh, and I was, was sitting went in there with the Bible in my lap and getting ready for service that night. And I got a text from Mexico City. And uh, it told me that a dear pastor friend of mine I've known for, I don't know, 30 years. Right. Gabriel Acero, wonderful man of God. His dear wife, Lourdes. And one of the one of the staff on the church sent me a, a good friend of mine sent me a text and said, Pastor Acero uh, passed away today, and I know you loved him. I know he was your friend. And you know, you and I just sit there, and I just blubbered like a baby. And I I don't do that. I mean, I, 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 I people tell me somebody died all the time, and it hurts, and I'm sorry, but. I don't usually cry about it, but I mean, I just sit there and just blubbered like a baby because you just think of the you just think of the loss of that That's pastor. Right. That's right. You think of the loss of the people he won't get saved, the people that won't hear him preach, the people that won't hear the word, the people that won't get prayed for, the people that won't get filled with the Holy Ghost, the people that won't get hit. It's always a loss when you know the Bible says, "Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of His saints," and really that word there, "precious," really is costly costly in the sight of the Lord is the death of one That's of these right. saints. Well, why is it costly? Because it, because of the cost in the world of them not witnessing. If that That's a cost. They won't ever witness to somebody. They won't get somebody saved. They won't get somebody healed. They won't get somebody blessed. There's a cost to that. And when these when these men and women of God leave and go away and go to heaven, then there's, there's a cost here on earth. It costs us. It costs the kingdom. It costs the gospel, and it certainly costs the loved ones. Well, the, when Paul refers to all those things, you know, he says we're living letters known and read of all men. No, absolutely. And so in one sense, I mean, we've lost the letter to the family, sure. the letter to neighbors, sure. the letter to the church and to the world. And I, I was I was looking up while you were talking here, 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen, you know, where Paul said, if it wasn't, if we didn't have this hope and right. we didn't have the gospel, 
He said, I, we would, of all people, be, be most, most miserable. miserable. Right. And a couple other translations say, we'd be more pitied than anyone. Right. You know, Because when, you, when someone in your life dies, and, and they're very close to you as in a spouse or a child, a mother or father, that it, those, those relationships are, are like one of a kind. Sure, you know? of course. You have multitudes of friends. Of course. But you have one father, one mother, usually one spouse, right, you know. Right. Uh, and when you when you have those specific children that are that are from a, a your your living family, your family unit, your right. very intricate in, um, in just a wonderful uh, family small group unit. When you lose someone out of it, that feels more painful than someone that's out here in another ripple of your life. Well, of course, of course. And so if we don't have hope for that, and that is the eternal thing. That's the thing we know right. is going to happen. Right. But it's the immediate, like you're saying, uh, loss of things. No. That, that everything that you've ever thought about that person now has come to a... Sure, it's come to an every end plan, on the earth. Every plan on the earth is over. That's not... And, and Paul you know. also said there in that scripture you're using, he also, and I wanted to say this before we close. I, I was going to say it a while ago. Paul also says that we don't mourn right. like the world does. Well, right. of course we don't. We don't because we have a blessed hope, a hope. of the eternal. And it purifies but that doesn't. Us. But that doesn't. Us. He doesn't say that we don't mourn. Of course right. we mourn. Right. Of course we grieve, and everybody does it different. Everybody's going to grieve longer or shorter or or or, 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 or deeper or shallower than somebody right. else. It, it's it's a individual thing, and you don't know how it's going to hit you. But uh, here's the point: I always pray over people and prayed over myself is that is that of course we mourn, but we don't mourn like the world. Because we have the hope that we'll see him right. again. This is not over. Well, and I think, and, Terry, that's where faith has to kick in, yeah. is that I do have a hope, and I've got to preach that Absolutely. to myself so that I don't just go over the falls and grief in a barrel. No, no, never well, that's what I was going to say, but again. here's how I've always prayed. But, that, but of course we mourn, but that we do not, we do not allow the spirit, the uh, demon spirit exactly. from hell, the demon spirit of grief right. to get on us and torture us and torment us. That's right. Uh, now, that's a demon. That's a fight. That's and that's where the fight is at. Yeah, that's a demon. That's where the fight is And in so your what we have to realize world. is, yeah, we can mourn. Right. We can grieve. We can cry. We can love them. A thought will come and we'll, we'll miss them. And we'll always miss them. They'll always be. You know, you and I talk about Jackie and Dean every day. Right. I mean, every day we talk about Jackie and Dean. So Jackie said this, or did this, or Dean said this, or did this. You know, we talk about our fathers in the faith. We talk about something Brother Hagen said to us, or Brother or, right. or preached in a sermon, or, or or my dear friend Old Roberts, things that he said to me over a meal. You know, or John Osteen, things that he said to me. When we talk about we talk about those fathers in the faith, T.L. Osborne, those guys that were so such close personal friends, right. and such great marvelous ministers. But yet we don't allow. We mourn. We grieve, we cry, we miss them, but we refuse to allow a demon spirit from hell called grief, the demon of grief, right. the spirit of grief, to overtake us and torture us and beat us up and torment us and, and ruin our lives. We're not going to allow that. We don't well, allow that's, that's right. what Paul's talking about. We're not, we're not going to allow that. Well, and that's where you have to be your own best preacher and, yeah, and police your own soul. Absolutely. And at three o'clock in the morning when the waves are crashing and loneliness mm -hmm. and all and grief and sorrow and all those things, 
try to overwhelm you and overtake you, as you say, then we have to really stand up and maybe through the tears, you know, lift our voice no, and begin to preach to us. And I, I think you and I were talking earlier about how you writing a book about these things. And pastors, I want to commend you for taking on uh, a, a responsibility to go and minister to people that are hurting. To show up oh, at the hospital, no, the absolutely. pastors that show up at the hospital, the church members that get there quickly. Right. I remember years ago, just in a natural thing, my, our pastor's home burned down. And I mean, my grandmother, we lived out about 30 miles away. And my grandmother got my mother and everybody dressed. We jumped in the car. They went to the grocery store. They grabbed groceries. They grabbed things they needed. And my grandmother was writing a check out as we pulled up to the, to where they, the church people had gathered. And she already had her check written yeah, and two sacks of groceries. <laughs> and our, I can remember her walking over there to him and he's holding one of his little kids in his hand in his arms, and she hands him a check, and they got men to bring the groceries around and wherever they were going to be staying right. at that point. I mean, there was that there was that that the church was there to put no, their right. arms around that's people. Right. Exactly so, pastors, right. I want to encourage you today, church members, uh, maybe that mantle of um, care over the flock of God. Yeah. You know, like it says, Paul said that the family. Uh, of Onesiphorus. That's mm -hmm. kind of a funny name. He said, they were there and they refreshed me like right. a cool breeze when right. he was in prison. Right. There are people in the body of Christ that can take on... Well, he said, a, he said the family of Stephanus refreshed his he, spirit. He, he said they have addicted that, themselves... He said they've addicted themselves to the, to the, to the ministry, ministry of, the saints. of the saints. And see, I had people like that in my church, mm -hmm. you know them well, right. that God raised up that literally, I didn't even have to think about it hardly, and they were already on the phone calling people, getting women to bake things, cook things, take on, we're going to cook for five days, I need people to cook for lunch on Monday, right, lunch on right, when, right. dinner on Tuesday, and those women went into, I mean, they, they were like a, a you know, a, a herd of ants. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, one was going to clean the house, one was going to pick up food immediately from the grocery store, uh, already pre-made sandwiches from Jason's Deli. I mean, they were there immediately. Oh, yeah. oh, they yeah. went to the people's house before they even got home from Isn't the funeral something? home and was cleaning their house before oh, yeah. they even got home. You know, well, you, just, you, you, you know what to do. Yeah. And, David and had those mighty men of valor. said they had the wisdom of the times understanding. that knew yeah. what Israel ought to do. I mean, they know what the church needs to do. Well, and I'm praying and, and, in Jesus' name, Terry, people I, are going to rise up and help pastors yeah, take on that arm right, of Jesus right. to put around people. Yeah, that benevolent, that benevolent yeah. caring for the poor, caring for the sick, caring for the dying, caring for those that have buried yes. somebody. And you mentioned yeah. it, you know, how people come and just say something very and I, thoughtlessly. And I really don't want to come down on people so hard because you know how human nature well, I don't is. Either. We don't know. Sometimes we don't know what to say like Peter did, so we just say, build three tabernacles and stay <laughs> here, you know. But we don't want to be thoughtless. We don't want to be, uh, you know, just do something out of foolishness. Uh, we don't want to misunderstand our position that most of the time, most of the church, most of the people of God, uh, most of family and friends, all you need to do is just love people, show up, tell them you love them, uh, 
you know, if you, want, if, you, if you want to bring money, bring, bring money, bring food, um, you know, God will give you ideas on what to do to comfort people. But in the multitude of words, Proverbs says, transgression is not lacking. lacking. So it's better not to say anything than it is to say too much and don't be flippant or foolish uh, and just parrot something out of your mouth that you're supposed to say to people that uh, that you think uh, need comforting. Not everybody has the ability to comfort. Not everybody has um, the articulate way of right, with their words. Right, right. So it's better to say less than it is to say more. Right, right. But the main thing is to let people know you love them. A card with some money or cash or a, a gift card for a restaurant where they can order <laughs> food for the family. Absolutely. And the stress of life be taken from them. You know, the, the fruit that of That we can the do as the of, church. Yes, the fruit of goodness. Right. That's exactly right. The church has always been good. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that, <laughs> may, be, that may be waning <laughs> a little bit in these days. We need to go back to being good. Being good. Just I do agree. good things for people. Just be good to people. Just, right. You know, before we before we wrap this up, I just want to go back to the scripture you mentioned, which I think is so powerful. There, in the very last chapter of First Corinthians, chapter sixteen, right. Paul said, "I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achaia, which is Greece, which is uh, was it Greece? Uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, Corinth. Right. You know, Cor Achaia was the was the province that right. Corinth was in, right." And um, and so he said they were the first fruits, and first they were fruits. some of the first people he got saved. Right. I mean, I mean that household of Steph of Stephanus was about was some of the very first. first he said they were the first fruits. Uh, he said they have addicted themselves. Can you imagine the word addicted in the Bible? Right. They have addicted themselves Sales to the, the ministry, ministry of the saints. Isn't that wonderful? Not to the saints. No, right. Of the saints, they've addicted themselves. What if every Christian listening to us today, what if every believer uh, would, would addict themselves? Right. It doesn't say God addicted them. Right. Paul addicted them. It said they addicted themselves right. to the ministry of the saints. Well, and I want to so say... So we I realize need... as saints, as Christians, that right. we have we have jobs to do. We, we addict ourselves to that ministry of the saints that we do good. We bless people. We, we do help good people. to all people. We get involved in missions. Yes. We get involved in soul winning. We, We're doing we, it all. <laughs> we support the church, support the pastor. We, we get involved. Well, and, and uh, I prayed all those people in. I, I know by the mercy and the grace of God. But after I found First First Chronicles 12, Terry, as, as a young pastor's wife, I think I was you know, 29, 30, 31 years old. Yeah. And man, I realized I didn't know, I didn't have the time to take sure, care of everybody. Sure, sure, and our sure. church at that time was growing so fast. Oh yeah, I remember. And I I thought, I, I, I need workers, yeah, I need helpers. Absolutely. And I got was on my face one day back in the old nasty, dirty carpet on, in that old building, just crying out to God and found First Chronicles 12. And I thought, well, this is the New Testament. This will help me. And then I was over, you know, reading over in, at what Paul said, about the body, you know, right, that, that right, the ear right. can't say to no, the foot, right. I don't have Every need of thee, you know, and I was going through all that, and, and I found things like this, and I started using that scripture there about the household of Stephanus and the and the things he said about the body, Lord, I need some people to supply here, and I need people that have understanding of the times, and I'm telling you, Terry, you know a lot of these people, God sent these people oh, in no, to help me, no, I right. never lacked 
with people to help no, that's right. in our church. Oh, no, your church to is cook a and bake church. and that's clean right. and work and build the Absolutely. church and, and go visit people. And I'm telling you, the body of Christ, if you'll do your job, yes. Yes, <laughs> you'll yes. never be dissatisfied, unhappy, that's or right. complain right. and not feeling wanted or needed because there's so many people out there that you can be, oh, to be his hand extended. Yeah. You remember that song? Reaching out to oh, the oppressed. Reaching out to the oppressed. Uh, let me, you know, Jesus, let me touch yeah. people on your yeah. behalf yeah. is the concept of the yeah. song. And if we'll do that as the body of Christ in the earth, like Terry was reading. If you'll go read that chapter, my goodness, the conviction of the Holy Ghost sure. and compassion of the Lord, you'll talk out of compassion rather than just an obligatory statement. Sure, sure. Let me, let me finish this, then you can close this out. Uh, verse 17, I am glad, Paul said, I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and, and uh, Fortunatus and, and Achaicus that that which was lacking on your part he wow. said to the Corinthians, you guys were lacking a little bit. You guys weren't making up the, you no, guys weren't right. doing the job. That's and he right. said, that's for right. what was that's lacking right. on your part, these households have supplied. Wow. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Isn't that something? Wouldn't you love for your pastor to say about you, you refresh my spirit. Oh, <laughs> and my. you refresh the yes. church. I've had yes. people in our ministry, they've refreshed my spirit. And uh, I thank God for people like that. Well, and I, I want to be one of those people. Do you, no, wanna, that's right. He said, they have refreshed my spirit and yours. So therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. You need to acknowledge people like that. Which well, is what you're doing today, acknowledging no, the people right. in your church. That's right. And I, and I think we discount the practical and try to all be so super spiritual sometimes we're we're of no earthly good no, you know so right. heavenly minded we're not any earthly good right. when it's the practical my grandmother taught me that and she did that so many times to so many other people but I'll never forget I mean she was in the car get, telling my mother to grab the house keys and get the car keys and we oh, were yeah, out that go. door let's go. let's go now oh absolutely and her thing was get there don't wait uh, we're gonna and of course once all the church people got there they had a prayer meeting sure. and just you know it was such a it it marked my life well, that sure. there was such an a, a um, urgency for her to get there and help and my mother and daddy all of us were I was raised in that atmosphere and that church was so much like that and I just um, inherited that in my own life and I know that God has places for every single one of you to serve and help in so that you are never feel like you're not doing something for Jesus. Exactly. Because like Hudson Taylor, you and I have said and quoted this, that he said back in the 1860s or 70s, he said that if you put the practical with the spiritual, with the spiritual it'll equal, equal wisdom. wisdom. And that's what God wants us to do. All of us working together to help people comfort their heart, Amen. comfort their soul, and then add the practical to them. Well, I think this has been beneficial today, and I believe... Well, I didn't intend to go this direction today, but I guess we did. We did. <laughs> and we, I believe we helped some people. I believe it helped some people. God bless you all. Remember, you can find us at terrymize.com or terrymizeministries.org. And we are so happy that you were able to join us today. And we believe it's going to bear much fruit in your life and in the kingdom of God. Because we still got a lot of work to do. Yes, we do. <laughs> We've still got a lot of work to do. Well, just remember, Terry and I are praying for you, believing God with you. And we say, in Jesus' name, you are more, more than, than conquerors. conquerors. See you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, 
speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.